Hey there, welcome along to the Beauty Business Podcast. This is episode 36. Now it's great to have you here. My name is Adam Chatterley and if you're new around here, then I am your host on the Beauty Business Podcast. And this is the podcast designed to help the independent business owner in the health and wellness and beauty industry to actually reach their business goals through simple, actionable business advice, along with some timely information and tips along the way. Now, we're really all about the foundations here of building an incredible, rewarding, profitable, and above all, stress-free beauty business. Because who wants a business that stresses you out and keeps you up all night worrying, right? Now, today is one of those episodes or one of those topics that I've wanted to cover for such a long time. Now, I think it's fairly safe to say that the vast majority of people that start independent beauty businesses, so salons, spas, and clinics, do so either with minimal or really without any managerial experience at all. And that's no bad thing because most indie business owners start out just as you, just as one person. But inevitably, if things are going well, you start to work with or you start to hire other therapists, other stylists or other aestheticians to work with you. And that's a whole other ballgame. You see, managing people, even just one other person, can be a real challenge. And if you haven't ever done it before it can start to take over your life. It can become a source of stress all on its own. And you may even come to resent your own business and your own team. Well, by her own admission, today's guest had zero management experience when she started her salon. She made mistakes along the way, but she's learned the hard way just how to manage a winning beauty business team. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. So today's guest is not only a good friend of mine, but an award-winning business owner for an award-winning salon. She's a judge for the Professional Beauty Awards. She's a UK Spa Association board member. And you know what? She's just an all-round lovely person. But in all seriousness, Claire still runs her business with a manager in place, but she does this along with an incredible number of other things, which she's going to talk about in the episode. But I still see her with her team, both in the salon and also outside of the salon, having fun. Now, to be able to do all that and still be an incredible manager, well, who better to talk to about this subject? So I'm going to stop talking now and let's get into today's discussion, 10 ways to create and keep a winning team in your beauty business. Okay, a very warm welcome to the show, Claire Cockle. Hello, thank you for having me here today. You're very, very welcome. Now, <laughs> Claire and I are good friends. I think we first met a few years ago, is it at one of Pete Scott's spa boot camp events? That's right. Yep. I think it must be um, about four years ago now, I think. Yeah, something so, like that. Was that the one where yeah. everything went wrong? <laughs> where literally we were, I think at one point in the day, I think the lights had failed, the sound had failed, we couldn't get videos working. And I think I stupidly uttered the words to someone saying, well, at least nothing else can go wrong. And about 10 minutes later, the fire alarm went off. We had to evacuate the building. You held it together well. Very impressed. (laughs) Now, of course, we're both on the board of the UK Spa Association together. And we regularly get together to hang out at industry events and, you know, grab a gin and tonic or a glass of wine whenever we can. You know, it's not all about (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Now, probably the one area of knowledge that I lack the most kind of practical experience in is that of day-to-day management of teams. You know, I've worked as a consultant for the majority of my career, and that means a lot of kind of going into businesses and and working certainly with teams for short periods of time, even driving improvements and setting goals and helping them to achieve things. But I'm not on the ground every Mm -hmm. day. And 
dealing with all these issues that kind of come up. But obviously, this is a major issue for a great deal of you out there running your own businesses and managing people. And I think probably since the first season of the podcast, I've wanted to do a, a show on this. Um, I'm desperate to do a show on this for some time. And then I read an article that Claire wrote on this subject. And I was like, that's it. That's the person I need to have on the show to talk about this. So, Claire, I'm so pleased that you're able to join yeah, us thank today. you. No, team is a, is a big thing for me. I've learned um, through many lessons kind of over the years. So it's great to, um, yeah, great to be here and share that, really. Definitely. <laughs> Wonderful. Now... Obviously, I know your background, although I do keep finding out new hidden talents you have and work that you've done. I really don't know how you fit it all in. Um, but it is possible that some of my audience have heard about you. But just in case someone listening hasn't come across your work or read anything you've written before, could you give us a little bit of a history into how you got started out, what you've been doing and kind of what it is? That yeah, of course. Now? Thank you. So um, so I started with Open Mind Business, The Reef, which was um, 11 years ago now. So, um, yeah, a few years ago. Wow. Um, we sort of took on a salon that was already um, running. Um, then a year later, we expanded that business into the ground floor of the premises. So it meant we had a kind of large shop front um, and meant that we launched okay. with a relaxation room, which was quite different at the time for the area. So, um, yeah, so obviously grew kind of over the years. Um, and I say had that for 11 years now. Since then have gone on and, um, you know, we've been very lucky to win sort of many awards um you know within kent and sort of um nationally so been great recognition and yeah gone on to sort of judge within professional beauty obviously doing the articles judge with the world spa and wellness award and the kent awards um and from there we i'm constantly kind of pushing myself and developing and um you know introducing new things so um launched a gratitude journal which is available on amazon and recently did um sort of guided meditation so that's something else we've launched within the business now so we like to have more of a wellness and kind of well-being feel um you know along with offering our spa days and things so um yeah i think that's about it See, I told you, I don't know how she fits it all in. She's honestly, she's the calmest person. I just said to her a minute ago, you always seem so calm and you never seem attached to a laptop or a phone or anything yet. There's all these things going on in the background. I think she's secretly killing herself. <laughs> I think, yeah, one thing, one another, another thing I've learned definitely is the, uh, the work-life balance. I have to try and keep that under control. So, Absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole episode there. So, okay. So let's get down to it, Claire. You have, I believe, uh, 10 tips uh, or piece of advice based on things that you've discovered, things that you've learned yourself to share on this subject. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So let's not waste any time. Let's get straight into it. So what's at number one? So number one is, um, it seems a very simple one, but for me, I always use like to use the word team rather than staff. Um, yep. I just, yeah, I don't know. I've got a thing about kind of the word staff. It feels for me more of a kind of us versus them. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I always try to encourage and use the word team. Um, and therefore, you know, if I'm talking about things, it's with the team, it's kind of we, um, and if I talk outside, you know, it's, it's my team, it's, you know, it's the team, it's our team. Um, yeah. And I, through that, I think people feel much more a part of the business, um, you know, and like it's, they're almost kind of part of that business as well. So I've had various times before where people have said something and then you know one of the girls have said something and then say 
oh, look at me sounding like it's my business. So, um, which I like, it's, you know, it's said with kind of affection and, and a joke, but um, yeah, it's nice that they feel part, share their ideas and um, help the business grow really. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. And it's, I think it's a mistake that I've made in the past before as well with, with places and, and referred to the staff rather than the whole team. So, so yeah, that's absolutely a big one and it definitely can, can bond people together very, very quickly. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what is at number two? So, uh, number two for me is, um, hire to fit you and your brand. Um, this is one I've definitely learned sort of a lot about over the time, um, over the years. I, you know, early days I would have had a CV come to me and it would have had lots of various qualifications on there. Um, you know, already trained in Elemis, the brand we use, already trained in the advanced waxing, everything else. And I'm like, perfect, they can slot straight in. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> they can get on with it. Saves, you know, saves a lot of time and training. Um, but actually I learned in the long run that it's not about that. And actually you that can actually cost you a lot more money in the long run. Um, so for me, it's definitely higher for attitude and to fit with your brand, fit with the rest of the team, someone who's got your ethos, your drive your um you know wants almost what you want really um that's more important and then I'd rather take someone on who has that kind of attitude and then take the time to train them and put that um put that time into them um I don't know if you've heard of um Zappos in the states there's a there's a really good book actually the Zappos experience um and the first few weeks of someone starting um working there they offer them money to leave the business really um no obviously I'm, yeah i'm not actually obviously suggesting people do that because you know they're a huge brand um but you know it just shows that they know the value of they want someone who is actually no i want to be here i'm i'm staying here do you know what i mean so yeah very interesting wow, interesting yeah because of course i think it's fairly safe to say the majority of salon owners or people who start a salon business probably possibly haven't had that much management experience before would you sort of agree with that yeah, definitely. And it was it was the same for me. I've kind of way really. Um, I think often, you know, we're kind of as beauty therapists and then you think, I want my own business and you go from there and you haven't had the experience behind that. So um but yeah, that's that's definitely kind of a big one for me is is it's about the team. So when you are if you're hiring someone then and you're looking sort of to draw out personality and not just look at their qualifications, is there have you got any tips, anything that you can do in that interview process that kind of helps you kind of figure out whether they're going to be a good fit yeah definitely it's it's um it's interesting actually so one of my all-time favorite interview questions which I always ask and you know I start it kind of quite light-hearted saying this is you know this is a bit of a strange one um but I always ask um if you were to go in fancy dress what would you be and why um and it almost kind of just it breaks down someone's um barriers a little bit and it's interesting to hear it's interesting to hear what they choose um, and their reasons why and you can almost gauge kind of yeah a bit more about their personality really so uh, you know a couple of questions like that um, I think really helps yeah okay so what's at uh, what's at number three so number three is to um, know your boundaries um, again kind of when I started out I wanted um, to be able to you know to give my team a lot and kind of things that they would they would like so when we first started, um, everyone had one Saturday off a month, um, which, yeah, which was, you know, nice for everyone to have. And, you know, it was everyone loved it. But as time went on, obviously, that's by far for us, I'm sure most as well, 
is our busiest day. So we literally couldn't sustain that. So, you know, we pushed it back to kind of six weeks, then to eight weeks. Um, and then we just had to, you know, kind of kind of get rid of it. It just wasn't working really. So it was a difficult time because obviously people don't like change and you're almost kind of taking something away from them. Um, so I think it's always to, to start as you mean to go on um, and also just to think ahead what could possibly affect the decision that you're trying to put into place if that makes sense so um, thinking of yeah thinking of actions further down the line yeah that can be difficult to do in in the in the early stages but things like that is things like working hours and things and uh, and thinking of those but that's a really good point do you think um, do you think another thing that many salon owners are guilty of is trying to be too liked by their staff yes definitely and again I think that comes down to potentially not having the managerial experience um but also you know at the end of the day the industry that we're in we're people people (laughs) we you know we we like kind of socializing we like to make people feel nice we like to make people feel better um and often that can that can be part of um yeah, wanting to make wanting to make your team happy, wanting to be liked by them. And definitely I was the same as well. And I actually realized that you can further down the line, you can have these boundaries in place and you can um, still be nice to your team, be there and be supportive. But it's not about just letting everyone have whatever they want, because they'll, you know, they will start to walk all over you, really. So... <laughs> <laughs> no that is that is absolutely true and i think that is one thing that i've i've always observed about you claire is that you walk this line very very cleverly between you your team clearly love you and look up to you you're clearly the boss but whenever i see pictures of you on instagram with your team you're always clearly there having a great mm. time so so you do that very very well and that's i think that's really credit oh, to you thank you no i think it is it's you know they know that i'm there for them um but to say it's it's having that having that line and having those boundaries really and people respect that definitely cool yeah okay (laughs) so what's next um so number four we have um is being honest open and trusting um so i think it's important i know a lot of people you know as you said at the beginning of the um the podcast for many people it's um the team and you know kind of employees are a big struggle for for many and um potentially people have been burnt in the past and then find it hard to to trust people um and you know I can completely understand why and again I've kind of been there but the problem then is that the business doesn't grow and you can't achieve more without um without trusting people without kind of delegating a bit more and things like that so it's it's almost kind of like letting the past go and um being able to kind of delegate a lot more and I think it's one of those things where people often get frustrated frustrated you think oh they can't do it as well as me I might as well do it myself because it'll save time in the long run um and you know it's all all too easy to think I'll just do that myself but the amount of people I see that are kind of running around like headless chickens and um you know the day just goes late into the night because you've got so many things to do um and you know first of all someone might not do it as well as you but it's having to kind of pass that on and people will learn from their mistakes um praising people guiding people and um kind of letting them figure their way really and in the long run obviously they'll continue with that 
you know, that job that they can do and that saved a chunk out of your time um, and some space in your mind as well, really. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No. Something I've learned myself recently is because I, I definitely, I would never have admitted to it, but now I've kind of moved past that stage. I definitely had that that feeling of, you know, they're mm, not going to do mm. it as well as me. Uh, and so I held on to things, but it got to the point where I genuinely didn't have any more time. So I had to let my team start to do more. And what I realized was what is as well as me? They're going to do it in a different way. But does that different way mean that it's yeah. not as good? Because I've actually had my team doing, for example, one of my team um, does a lot of my social mm -hmm. media things now. And yes, they absolutely do things in ways that are different to mine. But the engagement is far <laughs> higher than I've used to get. So so clearly whatever they're doing is better than me. So, so yeah, you may think it's not going to be done the same as me, but it's entirely possible that they'll do it better than you even though it's a different way. So yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I agree with that. It's a, it's a tough thing if you're, I don't think anyone really goes out there and describes themselves as a control freak <laughs> until they've realized that they've delegated and that yeah. they were a control freak. So it's, it's one of those things. It can be really difficult to let go, but I think if you are finding it difficult to let go, really look at the reason why and, and sort of see, see if it's actually more your fears rather than than, than the fear of anything else yeah I think um along with that is is the point of honesty um you know I'll, I'll fully admit um and you know remember there was a day that you know things have been quite busy and potentially someone's off sick something like that and you know it can be quite stressful to to deal with when you're kind of in the business and caught in it um and I found myself kind of replying, replying to someone with sort of a bit of a grumpy tone and you know later I went and I apologized and kind of held my hands up and you know we all do it um, but it's a case of, um, you know, obviously treating others how you want to be treated, but just being honest about sort of everything and, and what's going on. Yeah, love it. Love that. Okay, so I think we're at uh, number five. So what's at number five? That's it. Um, so understanding that everyone's different. Um, I know for me, you've probably heard of kind of audio, visual and kinesthetic um, and people do learn in, in different ways, really. I know for me that I'm very much kind of visual and kinesthetic. Um, so, for example, if I was looking for um, directions somewhere, it'd be much better if someone kind of wrote it down for me or explained in a way that um, tapped into my emotions um, rather than kind of just saying down there to the right, then to go second left and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you lost me at yeah. down there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, it's it's remembering that really. I've I've definitely learnt um, kind of working with a bigger team that what works for someone will I'll have to kind of do it in a slightly different way for someone else for them to kind of pick it up as easily. Um, so yeah, understanding that everyone's different and you know with that that people like to be appreciated in different ways as well. So whether that be someone might like you in the team meeting to say oh congratulations to Sarah she's done this really well this month um she achieved this whereas other people be literally wanting the ground to swallow them up and you know that wouldn't be <laughs> how they would want to receive the praise really so um so for them you know it might be kind of quietly in a meeting or um you know just receiving a written card and a gift or something um yeah it's it's little things like that to understand what would work for different people. Yeah, I rem I actually remember you saying that in a in a talk when it's talking about the um you know a, a written card and that's you know it's something that people just don't do. It takes what a minute, um, and yet it's if it's the right person and that's what they would really respond to, 
you know, that can be a huge thing to them, something that they can take home. They can sort of feel like, you know, I did a good job. It's a small thing, but that can actually be exactly what triggers certain people to really value what they've done, really enjoy their job and, and feel part of the team. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's surprising the difference that it can make from, um, you know, such a small, small thing that wouldn't take you very long to do. Um, and yeah, the benefits, and like you say, the rewards from that, really. So Cool. Okay. Right, we're going to come back with uh, number six to ten in a second. But right now, we're just going to have a very quick word from our sponsor for this episode. Now, while we're talking about creating a winning team and simplifying your own life as a beauty business owner, sometimes you might need a quick injection of funds for your business, maybe for some much needed training for you or your team. Well, that's where the Cabbage Card can help to simplify and cover all your expenses in one place. You see, the Cabbage Card is linked to a line of credit, just like a loan, but easier to organize, of up to $250,000, giving you the flexibility to make purchases with cash, with checks, or wherever credit cards are accepted. Now, you can easily apply online and get a quick decision. There's no lengthy forms to fill in, and then access the amount that you need for everything from supplies and stock to bills and even travel expenses. And don't worry, you're in safe hands too, because Cabbage has already funded more than $4 billion. They're trusted by over 130,000 businesses and they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. So get the security of a line of credit with the convenience of a card. Visit cabbage.com forward slash beauty business. And because they're such good friends of the show, you'll get a $100 gift card simply for qualifying. So why not do it now? But remember, to get the $100 gift card, you need to go to Cabbage with a K. So that's K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com forward slash beauty business. Credit lines and pricing are subject to periodic review and change. This is not a revolving account. Individual requests for credit are separate installment loans. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank and member of the FDIC. Okay, so we're back again. So what is at number six on your list? Number six um, for me is knowing your goal and ensuring that everyone's on the same page. Um, so, yeah, so again, sort of similar to hiring for attitude and, you know, having people that um, along the same lines with your ethos and, and everything is knowing that, um, yeah, that they understand what you want to achieve, what you, you know, where you want the business to go how you want it to be kind of perceived and what it's all about. Um, and yeah, it's important that the whole team know that so they can converse with the clients in the same way they can, um, you know, it kind of comes across more than really. Again, I don't know if, I don't know if you've, you might have seen it, Adam, the, um, the, that's it. Yeah. Start with why. Um, and I always think that's such a fascinating, um, video on YouTube. Um, and just how he describes of, you know, he uses the example of Apple of how they start with, um, yeah, how they start with why really, why they do what they do um, rather than what they do. Um, and then the message can get diluted really. So I sometimes have, you know, storming sessions with the team in team meetings, things like that as to, you know, what we're about, what we can do. Um and everyone kind of then takes a bit of ownership for it as well. Yeah, I was going. I'll put a link to the the Simon Sinek video in the show notes, and I'll talk about them at the end. I was going to ask you, yeah, what? How do you actually do that? How do you communicate your um, your goal to the team? And is that something that you kind of come up with yourself, or is it something that you involve the team in? Um, a bit of both, really. Obviously, I have you know kind of in mind, um, you know, and always have done what I wanted to achieve, and you know, the type of 
business that I wanted the reef to be. Um, and generally, again, through hiring kind of along that line, people have generally kind of had the same feel as well. Um, but otherwise, as I say, kind of brainstorming sessions in meetings and things. Um, or even we've had things when we were doing a bit of um, kind of refurbishment work and things, we had a vision board. So they were all putting up different ideas. And again, it was interesting. And people, as I say, people often don't do that because um, you kind of think, um, you know, wonder what they're going to come up with. But actually, it was all similar to what I'd had in mind. So it was amazing. And it felt like um, a team decision, really. So, yeah. No, it's really really interesting way to go because then you get to see what your team's vision for your business is as well. And that could be, you know, it could be things you've not thought of. So I think that's a, a really great idea. And if anyone wants to know more about vision boarding, there was an episode, a couple of episodes ago. So there you go. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and how often do you, how often do you review that with your team? Is that something you sort of look at sort of every year or, or more often than that? I would say ooh, I would say it kind of comes up as when in team meetings and things like that or if if something is happening so I'd say potentially on average um you know at least once a year definitely um and then discussions happen through the regular team meetings that would link to that so okay yeah all right so it's not like something you just kind of fix on one part of the year if it comes up naturally it's, it's something you'll start to talk about yeah okay what's the number seven so um yeah number seven is listen um I think in the early days, I found that I always had to answer the, you know, if anyone asked me a question, I had to know the answer. You know, I was, I was the kind of knowledge of the business. I had to know the answer and I had to give them the answer then and there. So, and I think um, the problem with that was often you'd give an answer that you potentially wouldn't have chosen if you'd have thought about it um, and, or potentially wouldn't work. And then you had to kind of change your mind. And again, that can be quite frustrating, um, for, for someone else if you're saying something but then not necessarily living up to it first of all if I kind of you know if I'm having meetings things like that I'll tend to ask a lot more questions now um so if they're kind of speaking about something or have a concern I'll ask more questions like you know why is that a concern what can we do for you how are you feeling um you get so much more from that and you can almost I guess feel more empathy and kind of um come to a better decision but also if someone kind of asked me a question now, my kind of favorite all time line is, can you leave that with me and I'll get back? To you. <laughs> it just buys you time really to kind of, you know, think on it and make the best decision. So <laughs> nice. And well, I think first of all, that's, that is a mistake that, that new managers and people who haven't necessarily had a lot of management experience feel yeah. is they think yeah. they need to have all the answers and, and that's just not true. Um, so, you know, you, everyone's always got a question so that's absolutely right thing to do and going on to your point about asking questions as well it's something i've found a lot through um through working with more and more students is their initial response isn't necessarily the real issue so if you ask a question of them they'll give you the surface well, i'm trying to think of an, uh, an example and i can't at the moment but um they'll they'll give you their first answer and then if you just sort of dig a little bit deeper ask you know the, the easiest thing you can do is just ask why is that if someone's coming up with an issue and and get another answer and it might get annoying after a while but if you ask sort of why is that three or four times ultimately you'll you'll generally get to the real root of the problem and it's that that needs solving not necessarily the first thing that they come to you with so that's really really important thing to do so yeah listen to your team ask more questions if they if they bring you an issue um and yes use use the uh 
can you get back can I get back to you on that as a bit of a way to buy yourself yeah. some time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it and I think you get to know people a bit better as well really um and you know I know the team now they know that I'm there for them professionally as well as personally which is which is nice they'll they'll often open up to me so yeah it's good good to listen definitely so where are we uh, number number eight um meetings Meetings, meetings, meetings. (laughs) (laughs) You've already come up a little bit, but yes, go for it. (laughs) Yeah, hold regular meetings with my team. Um, Again, kind of, you know, learning from experience, I didn't have as many meetings with the team in the early days. Um, And also, you know, particularly as well, when there was a manager in place, I then wasn't having as many meetings with the team members. Um, And the problem with that is, you know, it's always good to kind of keep and know how everyone's feeling how things are going rather than kind of having it just passed on from the manager um but also yeah I tend to have um one-to-one meetings I tend to do those um about once a fortnight at least um they're kind of the best meetings that I find um because firstly you kind of avoid bigger issues coming out at team meetings when you do have them um, you know, and I know that I'm sure many like me kind of years ago would dread having team meetings like group team meetings. <laughs> oh, God, what are they going to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and again, needing to know those answers then and there and, you know, kind of, yeah, it can feel quite intimidating, really. Again, if you haven't had that kind of manager, managerial experience. So when doing the kind of one to ones, you find that, again, it's having those one to one meetings, asking questions, you know, how are you feeling at the moment? Um, How are you feeling with your treatments? Is there any extra training you want? But also I use that to go over um, all the KPIs. So we'll go into, you know, their performance over those last two weeks. And then obviously, the monthly as well when it comes to the end of each month. So they can see kind of their their rebooking rate, their um, retail sales, their course sales, um, just kind of an overview of everything really, how much they're bringing in per hour and kind of their income against their wage as well at the end of the monthly ones. And the team really do love it as well. Um, one in particular, she always says, you know, she almost says to me now, oh, we've got our team meeting soon, haven't we? Um, because she says it just picks her up and puts her back on track. Um, and I noticed that, you know, whenever I do have them, literally they will fly for the for the next few days afterwards and, you know, kind of it's keeping on top of that. And so, yeah, definitely the one-to-one meetings. And as I say, it kind of covers any issues that might come up from the team meetings. But then it's obviously good to have your team meetings, um, you know, every so often as well, whether that be kind of every quarter or every month, whichever you prefer, Um just to kind of ensure that, again, everyone's on the same page um, and you can kind of update everyone on kind of whole salon um, kind of information and things like that as well. I'm going to pick up on a couple of things you said there. So in the individual ones there, you obviously, I mean, you very subtly snuck in there the KPIs that you use. So if anyone was listening, there's some gold right there. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about language there, talking about KPIs, but I think that's such a clever thing to do because you can have these team meetings and they can be, you know, you can find out how they're feeling and all that kind of things. But if there's something that they maybe are embarrassed to tell you or don't want to tell you about, having those that data there, having those figures, mm-hmm. having that evidence that can't be argued with can often uncover something that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and it might not be to do with their, you know, if, if if their sales have dropped, it might not be that they've suddenly become bad at selling. There might be an issue that they're struggling with that they don't want to bring up with you because they don't think it's appropriate, but that can help draw it out. So 
I think that's not only smart because it keeps them on track of their numbers and also, like you say, it's, it has that effect of, of making them fly for the next few days afterwards. Um, but yeah, it can actually help bring out issues that they're not going to bring up on their own that, like you say, you can help them with, you can nip in the bud, you can stop becoming a much bigger issue later on. So love that, love that. And, you know, every two weeks, it can be, it can be a, you know, that can be a tough ask, but I think you've clearly said that, you know, it's worth spending that time yeah, definitely. And it only needs to be kind of 15 minutes, really. Do you know what I mean? Just a kind of short meeting. Once you're doing it regularly, you don't actually need huge amounts of time to kind of recap and, and go over the figures. So, yeah, definitely. OK, so we're getting near the end. So la- almost last tip here. What are we on? Number nine. What have we got here? That's right. Um, so motivation. Um, so, again, like we kind of said earlier, it's, it's having that kind of work-life balance almost for yourself and, you know, knowing what keeps you motivated because at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, running your own business is having to be kind of um, <laughs> everything, really. The manager, the cleaner, the accountant, the <laughs> marketer, everything. So, um yeah and obviously we need to make sure that we're kind of staying motivated to be able to motivate the rest of the team so it's yeah constantly working on I'd say your own growth your own training um you know being sure that you're kind of um being able to perform the best and adding kind of various things for the team whether that be regular team incentives that you know that are going to keep them you know keep it fun and interesting at work um keep them kind of engaged and again focusing on you can link those to your KPIs so whether it be a retail sale or a re, uh, sorry a retail um incentive or a rebooking um course sales um various things to kind of keep them motivated and again coming back to the meetings I always find by doing the meetings it motivates them but it in turn motivates me as well by seeing them kind of getting more excited about things yeah that's a big one i get it and yeah and i guess it comes back to one of your early points as well about everyone's different so you know what motivates one's not necessarily going to motivate another so by changing it up all the time you know you are kind of keeping it fresh keeping it new and not just not just having that standard you know commission in place and and thinking that's enough to go with so no love that that's a great one and and you're absolutely right it is always talked about as business owners you know you have to be in in a small business you are the the handyman and the marketing person and and the accountant and all these things most of the time but yeah it's about keeping the energy levels up you know everyone has a bad day but often you can't let your staff see that and sometimes it's going to sneak out you know, the best <laughs> about it. sometimes you're having a bad day you're going to snap at someone but um you know you're absolutely right you said it earlier on if you if you catch yourself doing that realize it go find whoever you snapped at apologize make it all okay and i think anyone who's ever been even if they've not been in management before anyone's going to have done that at some point and they're going to understand so so don't hide it don't hide in your office don't ignore it (laughs) it's you know it's very obviously you know me quite well I'm I'm generally kind of a very laid-back person and to be fair that's one of the team one of the things the team talk about me as well is that you know nothing really seems to phase me or, or bother me I'm quite laid back but like you say everyone kind of you know it can happen to anyone and it you know can happen um at any point but the most important thing is keeping yourself motivated and um, to avoid that happening, really. So keeps you in keeping yourself in a better place, I think. Love it. Okay, last one. <laughs> What's the last one for us? Last one kind of, I guess, links to that slightly as well is being confident in yourself. Um, again, I think a lot of things, many, um, you know, kind of many people in business 
do let affect them, and again, I have done in the past as well, um, is letting those kind of doubts creep in of like, can I do this? Am I good enough to do this? Um, you know, kind of, can I make the right decision? Um, do I know best? All the, you know, everyone has the kind of little demon in the mind that likes to plant these seeds. Um, but it's, again, kind of, you know, working on that to ensure that you're kind of keeping that under control and kind of believing that you can do it. You know, there's a reason why you've kind of gone out on your own. There's a reason why you're kind of um, running your own business, having your own team. And it's, yeah, taking the time to be confident in what you do. Um, There's a quote that I love that's, um, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Um, and I love that quote. It's just kind of, yeah, put so simply, but, you know, it's not worrying too much about what other people think, um, you know, and that doesn't mean to say that you're going to be kind of harsh, but actually it just makes you relax about everything a bit more. Um, so, yeah, kind of working on confidence, whether that be, um, again, sort of, you know, your own personal development, whether that be getting someone in in the business that can help you, kind of a coach, mentor, anything like that. Um you know, again, they kind of help keep you motivated and, you know, reassure you that you're kind of making the right decisions. Um, kind of brainstorming a bit more yourself on your business and, um, you know, kind of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and also kind of pushing the comfort zones a bit more as well, really. Um, again, you know, I quite often mention when I um, when I've spoken at kind of professional beauty, beauty UK, places like that, that um I remember kind of being shortlisted for Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2010 um and it was just in our Kent Award so it was a very small thing um I don't think I actually initially kind of went in for it but they kind of you know obviously asked me to go in for it and ended up getting shortlisted and I had to do a presentation to two men that kind of came into the salon um they were two of the judges and just had to do it in one of the treatment rooms the door shut just these you know these two judges and it was just awful. I was bright red. I was just, my voice was shaking. I was shaking. It was just, oh my God, it was just literally a mess just thinking back on that now. Um, and if someone had said to me then I'd be standing on the stage at professional beauty, I, you know, I would not have believed it for love nor money. Um, but one thing I was trying to do is just push my comfort zones more and more, um, and kind of, you know, push my own boundaries. And actually you start to realize that things get easier, your comfort zone gets bigger. And, you know, that does kind of build confidence in yourself, really, and make you realize that actually you can do a lot more than you ever thought you could. There's a there's a point at which I wish I could just remember and recall all these quotes that I've ever read just instantly, because there's a great one that I remember hearing. And it's it's some I'll, I'll completely ruin it now. But um, it's something along the lines of um, we don't know what we don't know what we're capable of until we achieve it or something along those lines. Um, I will put it in the show notes as well and get it right. But um, but it, it is absolutely true. Until you try and do something, until you push yourself to do it and then you achieve it, you won't believe you can. So so absolutely right. Invest in yourself, educate yourself. And, and that, too, will help with the previous point that we talked about in number nine. It will help you motivate yourself and help you motivate the team. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, the problem is without working on kind of your own confidence, you, you might not even realize it, but you could be holding yourself back. So, um, yeah, so important to work on it. And also, again, it I believe it comes across in your marketing and things like that when you're putting your business out there that potentially you don't have as much belief in yourself. So, so important to work on. Yeah, I, I actually didn't realize that it was quite such an issue. I just 
literally last week, week before maybe, um, I put up a post in my Facebook group because I am looking at doing a, a series of workshops with professional beauty um, later in this year. And I just thought I'll, I will put the question out there. I'll ask people what it is that they would value as workshops. And obviously I was thinking of things along the lines of, you know, how to get clients, how to do marketing, uh, how to price treatments, all these kind of very practical things that uh, that's my background. So that's kind of where my head comes from. But the very first person who commented on it said um, how to deal with imposter syndrome. And then everybody afterwards was saying, yes, absolutely. How do we have, how do we increase our own confidence? How do we stop that voice in our heads? I was like, wow, clearly this is something that, that needs to be talked about. So, so yeah, that's absolutely right. That was really interesting. So that's the 10. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire. You're welcome. No, thank you. It's been, yeah, it's been great sharing. I've really loved that. So some brilliant pearls of wisdom out there from Claire, from Claire's own experience. I knew you were the right person to talk to about this. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so now Claire, trust me Claire seems to write prolifically I think she must write in her sleep there's <laughs> articles coming out all the time I keep seeing her all over the place in magazines and online uh, and in our own very own spa voice magazine which is the newsletter of the UK spa association mm-hmm. plug away um so check it out if you haven't already done so but Claire if people want to find out more about you read more of your incredible advice and articles or even just connect with you one-on-one mm-hmm. where's the best place for people to kind of do that and find out more about you so the best would probably be my website which is um clairecockle.com um and another would be finding me on facebook which is um obviously facebook.com forward slash cockle which is c-o-c-k-e-l-l um yeah that'd be perfect awesome i will obviously put those <laughs> links in the show notes uh which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 36 amazing awesome okay thank you so much claire for being here today i really really appreciate it brilliant thank you adam lovely to chat with you thank (laughs) you there you go told you i was bringing you another good one didn't i sometimes it takes me a while to bring you a discussion on a certain topic like i said but wow did i find the right person to speak to on this topic right Now, all the links we mentioned in the show today, plus Claire's website and social media links, can be found in the show notes pages, which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 36, or by clicking on the link in the episode summary on your podcast application, if you're listening on your phone, that is. Now, thank you so much for listening along today. I know how busy you all are and how precious everyone's time is these days. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. Now, today's podcast review comes from an iTunes listener in the United States of America, and it's another five-star review, you know, if you were curious. Adv Aesthetics No Co. says, I run a medical spa in the US, and this podcast has helped me really refine my marketing strategies. It's also made me realize that many other spa owners feel the same way I often do. Thank you so much for the podcast. Well, you're more than welcome, Adver Aesthetics NoCo, and it's true. You may feel like you are all alone out there running your businesses, but you're not. Lots and lots of other salon and spa owners are dealing with exactly the same issues that you are, and I'm just so thankful to be able to play my small part in helping you all out. Now, on that note, could I ask a slightly different favour of you this week? As this week's review shows, many salon and spa owners feel like it's just them, like they're all on their own and they have to struggle through all these business issues on their own. Now, to prove to others that this isn't the case, 
Would you mind sharing this show with your networks, with your Facebook groups, with your networking groups? Heck, even just tell your friend who also runs their own beauty business about it. See, I'm genuinely on a mission to help as many independent beauty business owners as I can. So tell at least one other person about the show this week or tell everyone and let's all grow together. After all, a rising tide lifts all boats, as they say. Now, remember, you can find all the links that we mentioned in the show today at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 36. Now, I'm going to be back in a week with the next episode. So for now, it's goodbye from me.